Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Josh of the Teskey Brothers, Oh, we get our soul on today. He chooses some remarkable records. Um, it was a it was a fantastic chat. I mean, Josh is obviously from uh, Australia, but um, was was currently residing in in, in Bristol uh, on their on their part of their uh, European tour. On, honestly, like when we get towards the end of the chat, he talks about their their kind of way of approaching touring and stuff like that, and it's it's so great to hear how they how they're doing things and kind of restructuring the, the concept of it and, and, and making it work for them and their families is it's, it's, it's really unique and, and interesting and, and progressive way of, of, of looking at things. And um, But before we even get to that bit, we just talk about some remarkable records. And um, this is one that I can't recommend enough that you go and um, indulge yourself in the Spotify playlist afterwards because, um, yeah, oh, it's um, some absolute beautiful records are discussed and um, before we get on with that chat always I'd like to say a few thank yous um thanks to scroobius pip everybody at the distraction pieces network um huge love to the team at blue murder club podcast um it's a wonderful true crime podcast that and the team over there produce this podcast so um so thanks to them go check them out huge love always to you lot for listening um fast approaching 500 episodes now and it's just a joy. Like I've recorded this at the beginning of May, and uh, and I got up, and 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 Josh got up nice and early as well. And at nine o'clock, we're 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 on Zoom and we're just having this delightful chat. And it's I never get bored of it. I never get bored of just getting up or wherever I am, turning on the laptop or walking into a room and and sitting down with somebody that is a, 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 just a real creative powerhouse. And whether they be actors, DJs musicians producers whatever like hearing their story and hearing the songs that mean so much to them is is just an absolute joy like i could literally spend all day every day doing it and uh and i'm just blessed that i get to to meet and chat to these people and, and today's episode is, is is very much one of them it's it's a lovely chat and, and what a top guy he is as well um if it's your first time listening to off the beaten track podcast um hello um, I'm Stu. You're late because um, we've done hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. We're nearly at 500 episodes. Um, what I will say is, when you get to the end of today's chat with Josh, have a little look in the in the archives and let us know what you think. Because there's there's episodes available with some of the the biggest rock stars on the planet. You know, some of the coolest and greatest indie bands uh, of their time. And wonderful actors, wonderful DJs, uh, loads of your favourite stand-up comedians. I'm not going to list them all off. Um, just go and have a look because you'll go through there and you'll see loads and loads of people that you're into. And trust me, I've not done one yet where I've not finished it and just thought, wow, what a lovely person and what a great chat. Um, so they're all there to be enjoyed for free wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to watch them, um, I do put the episodes um, on Patreon, so you can watch all your podcasts. So let me tell you a little bit about Patreon. And this is a bit that I know people just whiz past because they just want to listen to the good bit. I understand that. But if you can support the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Um, I put out two episodes for free every week, and I have done that for for three years. And, uh, and it's quite a lot to, to be able to put two episodes out a week. and uh, And obviously... You know, it, it, it involves a lot of time and money to, to do that. And so there's lots of ways in which you can support the podcast. I understand that, you know, times are tough at the moment and we're we're in a cost of living crisis. And the, the, the easiest way is to just nudge your friends and go, have you listened to this podcast? Or if you see us on the socials, you know, we're essentially Instagram and, and, 
and, and Facebook we're probably most active on and Twitter. Um, but just give us a follow and a like or a share and a retweet, you know, just get the word out. That would really, really help. And uh, and also, one of the other things you can do is, is, is check out this, this Patreon. And so I keep it really cheap. It's a dollar a month. So um, it works out about 70 pence. And what I try and do each week is give you video episodes. I put up like playlists. I put together little mixtapes. You, you get access to the archive. So in that archive, there's hundreds and hundreds of, of video episodes and stacks of radio shows. I've recorded so many radio shows over the years, and, and you can listen to them. Um, but what I also do each month, and for that 70 pence, you get all of that. But then once a month, I do a live show on Zoom. And and if you've ever watched the listened or watched the podcast and thought, oh, oh, I'd choose that. That'd be my pick for that one. Or then, you know, if you've worked out what your 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 answers will be to the questions, you can actually come on and uh, and join a lovely little um, gang of people that um, that are patrons, and, and we meet up once a month and we do this little live show, and and you're all invited along, and you can all get involved and talk about the song that. You know that I don't know it was the one that soundtrack years clubbing whatever question we choose and um, you can come along and get involved and I don't want anybody you know feeling like there's pressure to get involved in things like that if you do turn up to the live show you're more than welcome to just sit there and watch or sit there and have your camera off and and just you know uh, attend but if you want to get stuck in you can and don't think it's a load of us talking about you know, avant-garde B-sides from, uh, you know, labels you've never heard of from 1976. It's not, you know, we're, we're talking about just great records and embarrassing records and, and the the memories and, and stories attached to them. And it's a lovely little thing that we do once a month. I, honestly, I bang on about it before every episode because I want more people to to come along and, and, and enjoy it because it's such a lovely thing. Um, and yeah, and so... Basically, you get that, you get a massive archive of stuff, and yeah, you get weekly, um, weekly stuff coming out. Like basically, you just get a little notification on your phone saying Stu's just added this to his Patreon. You can go over there, you can watch, you can listen, you can do whatever you want, and uh, and it's a lovely little community. So yeah, you can find out all about that um, by just searching patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash off the beat and track or just go to the website the website's got links to everything and that's off the beat and track podcast.com it's not beaten as in beaten up it's beat and off the beat and track podcast.com right i've been chatting for seven minutes and we haven't even got josh on yet so i'm going to wrap this um this little bit up now and get on with the good stuff so please enjoy today's episode of off the beat and track podcast with the Teskey Brothers. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. We're recording. Josh, how are you today? I'm so good. I'm so good. Really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Where are you? I'm in Bristol at the moment. I'm uh, just... Um, I'm just uh, in uh, uh, the sort of side of town up in the hill, uh, Clifton in uh, in Bristol, which is cool. Nice, nice. You, you've lucked That's... out. You, you've got to the UK and you, you, you've managed to nail a little bit of sunshine. We don't get a lot of that over here. And you've uh, you've managed to bring some sunshine with you, mate. We brought it on over. We, 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 tried, to time it. we tried to time it perfectly. I tell you, we, um, these tours, we, I reckon this would be we, – we got in a little bit early. I reckon we're over in Europe, but I reckon next year we'll have to go like start the whole thing in um, April, sort of May ish. I reckon it'd be perfect. It's just starting to get cold back home as well. So, Love yeah. it. Love it. Right. Let's get your playlist um, rolling. I'm going to ask you for track one, please, Josh. So tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. The, um, the song of all my favorite intro of all time is um, this song is a, it's a song. Uh, by Curtis Mayfield, and it's called uh, So In Love. Now, this one's a, um, I just, I think this is kind of like mine. It's this horn line at the beginning here that just keeps on going and gets better and better and better. And I, my favorite thing about this whole song, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I, I, mean, I love this song, but I mean, I love Curtis Mayfield, but um, this isn't my favorite Curtis Mayfield song by any, by any means. The actual song itself, um, you know, it's just isn't, um, isn't as, um, 
amazing to me is this intro. I can just listen to the intro on yeah. repeat. You know, it's just this kind of, you know, you've got, I think we're, we're almost sort of close to a minute in before the vocals even come in. Yeah. And it just keeps on building. And there's these layers of um, layers upon layers of horns here. And, and they're so rich and so soulful for me, so much sort of feeling behind them. And then there's kind of this, um, and then these new parts just keep getting added, you know. So I just I love this about this track, and um, and it's always um been a big influence on horn arrangements um for me in general and uh, and Tesky Brothers songs and um and stuff I've referenced to um to horn arrangers um, something that me and uh, Harry Angus listened to a lot during the recording of the Winding Way record, and um so it's um it's a, it's had a big impact on me this one. Josh, I'm really interested in what you said when you touched on that track, saying it's about a minute before anything really, really, sort of you get any vocals or anything. Um, I'm always intrigued as to people's approaches to intros, because if we, if, if we look at Curtis Mayfield as an example, you've got So In Love, which has got that kind of beautiful sort of keys at the beginning until you say the brass drops, and it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful song, but it takes a while for it to really establish itself, whereas... You look at something like the, I, I guess, some of the bigger hits like Mo um, "Move On Up" or "Tripping Out" or "Pusher Man." They're instant, like just a call to arms straight away, straight in. Like what you know, "Move On Up," arguably one of the greatest intros ever. It's just that instant kind of like blast of horns, and 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 so I'm intrigued as to what your approach will be to to when you're writing and recording with, with, with intros. Do you because if, if we look at sort of trends in how people consume their music now everything's spotify playlists everything's there's just music everywhere and you've got to kind of get your way through and i know with a lot of more i guess commercial pop acts they're trying to look at the actual science of it like right we can hook them in like two seconds and we can if we start with a chorus we can you know how much of these kind of trends and the way that people get music through you know streaming platforms now how much of that and the way that that some you know that, that that there is so much music there, and you, to to find your way through, you really have to grab them. How much of that kind of filter through? I'm, I'm going right way around the houses with this question here, Josh. But bear with me. I want to know how much of these kind of things filter through into your creative process, if at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sort of the science and the um and the sort of trying to make a um trying to make a hit, I guess, isn't it? You know, and it's um. Uh, it's, it's probably to answer your question there. I think it, it, I don't think it's ever come into our creative process and it, I don't think it's ever, um, yet yeah, sort of it's, uh, throughout our records and, and, and on our most recent, recent record, it's something that we've always, we've never taken into account really. I'm, I feel really lucky that we've never really had to, um, you know, our first record, it was never something that when we created the music, it was never something that we um, really expected to be in any way popular. It was something that we just wanted to sort of do that we, you know, sell at our gigs and have the, is what we do. Um, and as far as songwriting goes, we kind of like, I, like, I always talk about songs as being just individuals and sort of um, like they are a person within themselves. You know, each song that comes your way is this sort of, this has its own consciousness and it's yeah. um you know so once you get to know that song it's kind of just trying to find the answer of what this this song wants and needs so i kind of think of them as like you know we are their sort of you know their vessel to sort of move into the world through but yeah. what, and what who do you want to be when you grow up so yeah, yeah. you know like <laughs> so it's kind of and so just finding the answer to that question is the main job of songwriting for me and so it's just kind of like you know what do you want what do you need some songs are really easy going simple simple songs and they just and they don't need much at all they're just really and you just and they're, they're done in seconds you know and you know and it's just sort of the, the the core point of them is done you know they, yeah. they throw you you know and then other songs are really tricky individuals you know and they take a lot more puzzle working and really you know you have to get into the kind of you have to have a big conversation with them and say, you know what, you know, and, and they don't, they don't give you a straight answer. Um, so I would think if you had a, and I think it's really disappointing if you take a song and then you sort of just intentionally try to turn it into something it doesn't want to be, which I think would be the answer to that question of just going like, nah, no, nah, let's, you know, do this. That would be not what the song 
um, you know, needs and deserves. So um, we've been lucky enough to always sort of just, yeah, find the answer for that track and, and work in that way. And, and, um, and, and yeah, so, you know, in no ways have we sort of tried to use any of that science yeah. really. Um, that's probably, um, my answer to that. And I, and I would add to that, uh, that I, I really love just good listening music. So every time yeah. when I, when I listen to things as a whole, I kind of, all the music I love is something that you can kind of just put on in like the kind of tester that I do when I sort of move away from it, you know, cause when you get into the, you sort of dig into the song and you work out the details and you go, okay, I think this is right. And then I always love to just step away and put it on almost in the distance and just go, is this something I'd like to hear? Is this something I'd listen to? Is this something that I'd kind of put on when I had some friends over on a record and I would feel proud to have on in the house while we, um, you know, cook some food or, you know, that's kind of my tester of music. And if it's sort of not doing that then something maybe isn't quite right as well, you know, so in, so in some ways I'm sort of, you know, Sam, you know, he probably, you know, would more go deeper in what the song wants and uh, this isn't a nice song. So I'm, yeah, yeah. so I'm a little bit soft in that way. Yeah, so I kind of, so maybe I mold them a little bit as far as I know. So I'm saying that because that might be my only sort of more popular reference of, of popular stuff that I like to make. So I do like it to be good listening. I don't want it to be sort of, um, you know, in your face and a bit and a bit sort of like you know challenging on the ears you know so that's something so i I might round it off in a little way in that in that in that regard okay josh tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please yeah so um i've put down i've put down a charles bradley song which is called Loving You, uh, Baby. I think they, the title of this one what is a record, Loving man. You, Baby. What a record. And what a record, right? And and it's I'm sort of referencing, I'm referencing it in a live sense because Charles was, when I, I saw this track live at the uh, Golden Plains Music Festival in, in Victoria, Australia, and he came out and... And it was right where Charles was doing it. He, it was his first tour out, out to Australia. And, and he was sort of... Um, right at the peak of that record had you know done that record and he was just you know he was just riding the wave of this this thing you know um you know he was 64 years old he was um you know it's it's uh, you know never really cracked it uh, as far as a record out into the world until that moment and he was just kind of giving everything to the people in 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 his performances and when I saw this sort of live and I saw Charles doing this and the connection he had with the people and the sort of the way he was putting every bit of emotion into his, um, into the, into this song and into the, and, and into his performance and, um, putting his heart really on the line. I think this is sort of like, this is what, you know, this is what I love in, in music. I realized at that moment, this is it. I'm seeing this, you know, all the records that I've heard this captured in, I hadn't really seen it on the stage before someone really doing what I love um, right there in front of me, you know, and that was, so this, this song, and every time I hear it, it sort of brings me back to that moment, this kind of like um, uh, ecstasy that I was feeling watching this, this excitement that I found sort of watching this. Um, So, and, and this particular song is the one that really brings me back to that moment, you know, so every time I hear it, the the rawness of it, the kind of, um, the the daptone sound on there as well it's sort of just um yeah really beautiful for me so it's um so i I put that as my sort of as my most impactful sort of song wonderful josh tell me a little bit about growing up where did where did you grow up uh so i grew up in uh in a town called warrandite um uh, which is uh, in victoria australia um it's sort of to the north northeast of uh, melbourne we're about sort of um you know, 35, 45 minutes out, um, as, as the sort of, um, much like, you know, where we are here in Bristol, where it doesn't take that long to get out of, um, that direction in Melbourne and you sort of come out into the hills and the, and the, and the river and the woods, but we're, we're out in the, in the sort of what we call the bush out there. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of, um, it's, so it's a, you know, we're, we're, we're in among the gum trees. It's, it's a home among the gum trees and it's sort of, um, so it's it's really cool in that way. It's also an area that's really rich in um, in 
uh, you know, it's it's live music sort of venues in and around the area. So sort of out um, out, out in St Andrews, we sort of call it, and sort of Panton Hill and all the surrounding kind of um, towns around this area uh, of um, of Nilambic is what the sort of the area yeah. we call, and um, it's sort of. Um, you know, so we grew up around a lot of the a lot of the pubs and out there doing a, doing a lot of a lot of a lot of blues people doing their things and 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 um and uh, and a really kind of you know thriving kind of uh, live music scene which is really cool and also very close to to Melbourne which is a very sort yeah. of um thriving music scene as well so we were lucky enough to be surrounded by and um had some beautiful mentors of, of musicians in the area. What about home? Was like, would your parents have records on at home growing up and stuff like that? Was it a musical house? Yeah, yeah, they were um, real lovers of, of of music, you know, and um, and still are. And um, you know, mum and dad, they still uh, you know gig to this day. They sing together, you know, which is really beautiful. And and dad's always been a singer songwriter, and and they perform, you know, dad's songs mostly with with mum in harmony. Um, and you know, we were surrounded by lots of records and um, a big mixture of things. You know, but a bit, I mean, a lot of the not like not sort of. Um, strictly sort of rhythm and blues stuff you know a, a bunch of all sorts of things um from there from their era yeah. which i guess is um you know a lot of that sort of you know 60s 70s sort of sort of vibes yeah. and um but uh, still still great records that i that i still have at my house to this day which is yeah. fun so we're gonna we, we still swap a lot of records around love it well let's stay in the formative years i'm gonna ask you for track for you tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school please josh yeah so i put down um Jamie Liddell uh, multiply, um, which is a cool. And I think I was I was about fourteen or something when this song came out. So pretty sort of, um, um, sort of, you know, impactful time for me around this period. We were just sort of getting our sound and working out, you know, our things. And a few of the the, the people that I sort of uh, played with at um, at that time and, and are still playing with now, you know. Um, particularly on this tour, actually, a lot of those same people from high school are, um, you know, session players in this in this touring band. And um, when this album came out, and I remember a friend of mine, um, you know, Max Turner, who's a, still a beautiful musician, sort of playing around, you know, brought this record in, and and it was for us. It was like because we were listening to a lot of that rhythm and blues stuff, and and um, and you know we had a great mentor at school um you know sam linton smith who's um you know the singer from the honey drippers in a melbourne band and and um he used to wear uh, you know he'd be showing us sam and dave records and um and all this old bb king stuff and um and freddie king and and it was kind of um hearing this record that had just come out like that you know that year um and 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 sort of capturing this sort of this sound which was amazing and and then also um his singing you know i mean how how this guy can sing yeah and um and you know he came out to australia like a couple of years later i think we were following him and i must have been like maybe i was 18 maybe i was 17 or 18 and they were were still performing that record and um it was um you know i I love i love jamie's voice and um and i love and and i just love the production on this track you know so it really um really influenced me into something that takes me right back to high school, which is cool, which is just something that came out at the time that really um, was a record that um, was, you know, really impactful and, and reminds me of school, reminds me yeah. of that of that era. You said something that, that blew my mind then. You said, yeah, I was about 14 and the band was just finding its sound. I mean, that's a very young age for a band to be finding their sound. Um, I'm always intrigued uh, to know what, you know, musicians career was looking like when they were at school what they wanted to do was there any ever question uh for you as to what you was going to do was it always going to be music it was always something i loved and it was always something i was going to do for sure and i think um around my head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. School, if you were to ask anybody, it sort of, everyone would see me as that was, that was, that was, that was what I did. And that, that was totally my... Um, my world, you know, I had a harmonica with me all the time and I kind of, um, you know, used to get, you know, people get annoyed, but then it's like blowing this thing around the school, you know, <laughs> but, um, and it was, it was always something I did and I bust, I bust every weekend, you know, so I kind of, I played and, and it was how I earned my sort of, um, my, my bits of money for the, for the weekend right up until I was sort of, you know, from sort of, from the age of like 13 to when I was so probably 17 and they, yeah. and I started, and I started not getting uh, as much when I got older and it was more, you know, you get that kind of get a job sort of yeah. factor, you know, when you, you get a bit older when you're young and you're playing like blues stuff when you got a slide guitar and a harmonica around you. Um, it was great. You know, so I used to make, you know, all sorts of change and, and that would be the, uh, that would be, you know, my main earnings and I cruise out to the St. Andrews market every weekend yeah. religiously. And that would done um, on a Saturday morning. Um, so it was always something I was going to do. Um, were you a confident and... kid, Josh? Like, was you confident to be, I mean, as a young lad to, to be out there busking that for a lot of people, that would be terrifying, but you were you comfortable doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I was, a, I was always a bit of a show off, you know, a bit of a sort of a, <laughs> and, a, and really for that reason was why I sort of was the band, uh, you know, not so much leader, but the front person, I guess, um, yeah. from really early on, you know, and at, at the age of 13, you know, we still got videos of this, you know, so we played down the Warrandyte Festival, you know, with um, with a lot of the same players that are in this, uh, you know, in this touring party, which is great, you know, particularly Nick Lawrence, um, a drummer, um, he's just been, you know, he was in that first band, um, the Rusty Nails blues band at the time, you know, and this was before Sam was even picking up, like, you know, Sam's a little bit younger than me. So Sam kind of came in and we become the Teskey brothers a couple of years later, yeah. you know, when he was starting to pick up his guitar and, and it was, um, it was, it was kind of like, um, the, you know, I, I kind of actually started singing really only because I was sort of, we were all bad. I remember we used to have like, you know, a bunch of friends were all guitarists. So we at one point we were be like four guitars all sort of like, you know, jamming in this band and, and it was like, oh, who's going to, you know, be the front person to sing? And that wasn't so much that I was as much of a singer really early on. It was more just that I, I sort of had the had the confidence to just be that person up the front yeah. there and and do it. Um, so and that sort of led to me sort of singing more, really, you know, and sort of um, and 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 kind of focusing on singing as well because everyone sort of everyone was on on the guitar. So it was kind of you know, it was like, oh, well, I'm going to be the. I think at one point I ended up putting down the guitar and playing harmonica and singing because I was sort of. Um, just just rolled things that way yeah. and that was just that being that being that front person that, that kind of show off yeah <laughs> tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store please josh um what did i put down for this i'm gonna uh this one was i mean, I, I put down an otis redding record didn't i yes i put down a um yeah. a dock of a bay otis redding that one there i'm not a hundred percent sure and this is the first one um I think I can safely say it was the first record because I didn't buy records until, you know, like a vinyl record yeah. until a little bit later on. And I had this record, you know, maybe at about sort of 15 or 16. And it was sort of, um, you know, always for me a very, you know, um, the, the in fact, the song Dock of a Bay was a sort of like a repeat a sort of one as well, you know, to, to put on. And, and just a, yeah, a huge, a huge record that, um, that obviously influenced influenced me a lot, and yeah. um, and and Otis's vocals. I mean, um, the more embarrassing one that might have been in CD form might have been like a you know like a Green Day record or something when I was about you know eleven or something. Yeah. That would have been a CD. You know, yeah. Sort of that. <laughs> 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 that was out of that. Yeah. I'm but, glad um, I'm glad you threw in the one that you was a bit more embarrassed about because Otis Redding for your first record. That's way too cool, man. Like you, you've got. Absolutely you've... <laughs> right. Yeah, so I had to, yeah, I had to sort of uh, you know. Because I thought I wanted to do something that would, you know, was in reference of what we do and what, you know, we think yeah. about. So I thought, you know, it's going to be that, but I'll, <laughs> I have to preface it. But it's that I didn't buy records until much later. So, yeah. 
Um, there was definitely some more, um, oh, let's add an Offspring CD in there. I would say, what's that? Uh, what was that uh, early Offspring uh, record? Self-esteem, you know, pretty fly for a white guy. Uh, it must have been self-esteem, I reckon. It would have been yeah. self-esteem. Yeah, that one was that was in year seven for us. So we were about 12 years old. That was the one yeah. doing the rounds at the time. And I think I definitely had a copy of that. So, yeah. that's, uh, you know. <laughs> so was... I mean, you, you said that the, the the area that which you grew up in was like you know would lean very heavy on sort of like you know the the, the rhythm and blues and, and 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 such. When you sort of said then at school you was <clears throat> you know other people were listening to to Offspring and Green Day and things like that. <clears throat> was you a bit of a lone wolf when it come to to what you was listening to? Was was there other kids with guitars and harmonicas you know playing rhythm and blues at fourteen, or was everybody listening to? Green Day and Blink One Eight Two and stuff like that. Did you was you out there on your own? We no, I mean there was definitely there was a group of us. You know, it was a sort of uh, you know, and, and and musicians that um that um you continue to play with to this day. Um um, you know, particularly mentioning you know Nick Lawrence on drums and um he's um um been beautiful to reconnect with him and 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 but uh, and a lot of these a lot of these players all um. You know, for many years, um, went on to you know went on to be in in various bands and playing together. Um, so there was a real community. There was actually a real community of of, of that thing. What I say, um, and it wasn't until you know I think we all from about you know the age of twelve were sort of in year seven. Would uh, no one was listening to rhythm and blues at that point mm. yet? Really, it was all you know. Records. And it was around about the following year, you know. Um, at 13 um, and influenced by um, some of the local musicians who taught at our school who were sort of getting us into this world and, and that sort of and, and sort of getting band arrangements going on and and getting these grooves so I remember like you know one of our first band grooves um, that um, we were shown by the you know by the great Sam Lyndon Smith at the school there, and um, I would, I'd mentioned uh, Ben Robinson as well a little bit later, the double bass player, um, um, jazz from around Melbourne who was at our school, and but um, the first groove you know we got going um, and got us into this sort of sound and, and things was a uh, you know the, the teeny weeny bit groove which is a favourite of Sam's which yeah. is that kind of you know which is basically the Otis Redding. Um, Tramp, you know, but yeah. that, if it, and I was familiar with that, and it's that same kind of and then the guitar, you know, and then we'd have Sam going, and then the yeah. guitar goes, hitting that chord, yeah, and then you go, and then you got that kind of um, that that nine chord doing that, you know, doing that hormone. We play this on the guitar that you know, you know, and you groove on that, and that was, and we just thought, how cool is this? You can sit on this all day, you know, and that was the stuff that um. But we were surrounded by um, the people that were into yeah. this as well, which is great. And um, and where it differed, I, I think, is a lot of these players went on um, to um, to as they got older, move into you know separate bands formed, and people went into a direction that you know was a you know was a was a sound more of a modern sound. And me and Sam uh, had a had our sort of loosing that we we're doing that we kind of just kept on doing and we didn't we never stopped <laughs> so from that time so i guess that's the difference um and it was maybe later that we sort of continued on yeah continued on this on this train and and then and for years you know into our 20s and 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 a lot of these other bands that um you know had some real breaks in popularity and we kind of just kept on steady playing the same pubs we were playing and it wasn't until years later you know and um only sort of sort of five years ago or so that uh, that a record that we made a record and got and got that sort of music out there and I, and I have friends and I remember talking to some some of the the guitarists and stuff that I played with back in year seven and and him mentioning when that half my harvest record sort of got a few bit of movements and saying you know this is really cool Josh because you kind of just kept on doing this thing and until it sort of got got a little bit popular you know yeah <laughs> and then it stopped and it's sort of uh, so it's it's really cool that it, um that that this this style of music and this sort of um, this stuff that we've always loved yeah. um, found some legs, and um, yeah. so I feel really proud of that. I love the fact that you just so you know we, we, was, we was playing you know the the pubs and stuff, and it's like, and it's it's few and far between in the UK now that that there's live music in pubs. It's 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 such a you know I, I run a venue in the UK, and and it's it's so tough um, 
for 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 live venues to sort of manage to sort of keep going and um, my brother runs a my brother lives in Australia and he he runs a a venue in a little place called Coffs Harbour and uh, and like when I went out there like it's just live music everywhere and it just feels that like that the kind of the live scene in Australia for for kind of breaking bands and and for like sort of pub gigs and things like that it just seems really healthy and and it's something that I think in the UK we, we, we're really sort of up against at the moment. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code program. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's um, that's a really cool point to um, to hear. And and as an Australian, I think of when I come to the come to the UK, and you know, because there's a lot of things we're missing in our pubs as well. So I mean, when I come to over here, and I go, "Geez, they've got it, man!" You know, like a cozy pub over here is really real. I love that, and the, and it has its sort of, and it's so so much pride in that and when i think of australian pubs a lot of the time it's sort of we don't quite get it a lot of the time a lot of tvs in there a lot of sports bars a lot of kind of things like that but you're right in that most of them and particularly outside of the city you know um where it's not so much like the melbourne live music venues which are sort of more live music venues rather than just pubs sure there are such a strong scene for the um you know for the kind of that rock you know that that we'd call it Aussie rock band playing in the yeah. in the pub, and it's um and there's bands that make their entire careers of it, yeah, you know, doing it, and, and we did, we did that was us, you know, and it was um and it's healthy, it really is, and there's um there's bands that are around in our area that um that were playing when I was when I was a, when I was a kid, and I used to watch, and they're still at it, you know, and they're still yeah. playing those same venues, and it's um and it's really strong, so it's um. I'm really glad you've you've uh, you saw that and um and and saw some some romance in that which yeah. which there really is but when you grow up around it you don't um you don't think of it as being um that uh that that beautiful thing but it, it really is and it's a really um that's a really cool point really cool point. Let's go clubbing. Did you go clubbing? That's what I want to know. And if you did, what song soundtracked uh, your uh, your years going clubbing? For sure, for sure. So I remember. I definitely went through an era of um, of getting around this, and um, particularly in in a in Australia, where out in the, we we and we call it a bush stuff, you know, where we go out into like you know festivals out in the yeah. um, you know out in the bush, and basically you know, and the sort of DJs play, and we do a bunch of things. So I, I never, and a bunch of my friends that I hang out with at these things were um um were really followed the DJs and right into this sort of world. So I never, but I never took, I mean, I used to get, just get around it and just enjoyed the people and just have a hang with people. I never took the, um, I never sort of, you know, got these records or got into a lot of this, um, yeah. a lot of the electronic music scene. As much as I love the electronic music scene, I never sort of listened to the music outside of going to these events. Sure. Um, but where the, the worlds collide um, I think of and even an area that that comes into my genre of music and music that I love um, is Fat Freddy's Drop, you know. And this is something I grew up on um, from from very early on as well. But these guys were sort of playing at some of these festivals, and and they had a, and particularly in their later albums had records. So I referenced um, I referenced Blackbird uh, by um, by Fat Freddy's Drop as my sort of my club song yeah. because this is where you know that band they they did have that sound and they had that that area and the friends of mine that, that love electronic music loved fat freddy's drop as well so this is the where these worlds collided where and where I, whereas i had this singer and i love this singer and um in fat freddy's and um and you know, so I had that that kind of soul sound coming through mm. and this sort of and this new zealand sound which is just incredible and um and and i feel like that is the world that and this track got played at the at you know at some of these events so you know whether it was fat freddy's job actually playing at a festival yeah it was actually 
you know, this would be on in the clubs. You know, this song, it, 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 it sort of, it crossed the worlds for me. So, um, so I, I love, I love this song for that reason. Wonderful. I'm going to take you home for track six. Tell me a favorite song for an artist from your home county. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to think. This is a really hard one for me because I was thinking about all the different, all the different artists from around my area. Um, and I, I'd love to name a whole bunch of them. Maybe I'll just list a few off at the end. But what I did put down was um, C.W. Stone King, um, and I've put down the Jungle Lullaby. Um, so C.W. Stone King is a you know, so I think we claim him as an Australian artist. He sort of he grew up a lot of his time in America as well, so he's got a lot of that um, uh, American influenced and um, and and a kind of bizarre accent. You know, where you kind of don't know where he's from, but um. But he is this, he is one of these characters who creates records. He loves being, you know, like creating an old sound and getting this kind of these records that are, you know, really feel like they're out of a different era. So he is just that guy. He loves it. And he, and he dresses like this. He is the sort of like, he comes out of this era. Um, the Jungle Lullaby is just kind of one of my favorite songs of his as well. So it's sort of, there's something haunting about this track and there's something kind of, um, he has his um the the horn section which come out of Melbourne. I might mention, you know, the the Hoodangers horns and the Hoodangers are a band that um grew up playing in all the pubs around Melbourne and and um, and I and I watched them for many, many years. So they're a real all-star band of um this horn section that play that kind of beboppy horn stuff over what yeah. he does. And and there's a moment in this song where he just kind of sings and it's just the melody and it's just this old timey kind of um melody to this that um the jungle lullaby which i just loved and um and it was the first song that i thought of as being um yeah from 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 uh from from melbourne and and uh and and something that i love love it love it right well this is this is your last track josh this is when you get to um to turn someone onto something new and uh and i'm gonna ask you to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear Ah, yes. So this one, um, which is a song that I was just listening to the other day and, and, and song that's really close to my heart because I only heard this. Um, and, and, you know, what's really cool about this is it is, um, this is a band out of the, um, out of the Isle of Wight, you know, from here in the UK. Um, so they're, um, early two thousands, I think 2004, this record come out and, and it's a band called the bees. And the song is I Love You. And another one of these beautiful sort of, um, um, you know, it's almost throwback. It's it's relaxed. It's just great music, you know, and it's a beautiful song. I mean, and, and um, what's really cool about this is I was shown this when uh, I was working with Paul Butler on our Run Home Slow record, Paul Butler, our producer um, on the Run Home Slow record, and talking about his history as a musician. I mean, Paul Butler is an incredible producer, and works as a producer to this day. You know, he's done records. Um, my, my favorite records of his are um, artists like Michael Kiwanuka. And um, what I didn't realize working with Paul is that he had this band before he was a producer, The Bees, and and that was his and, and that was and that was his band. You know, so I was um, and I was blown away by the, by the by the sound of this. And and I and I do believe this sound is something that in Paul Butler's uh, pr production of the Teskey Brothers. And or his um, big thing, which he mixed our latest record. He did all the um, the engineering and mixing um, on this on this latest record, the Winding Way. Uh, it is a sound that he he kind of transfers through into um, into us, um, and it's sort of there in this song. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I love this song. I just um, and I think it's just beautiful production and um, something that. Something that I don't know. Maybe people know it more here in the UK. Um, could be wrong because being a being a being a, but back back home for me, um, no one has heard this track, so I, I I try to kind of champion it all over the place. Yeah. They're an incredible band, and, and <clears throat> the bees sort of had. It felt like they had a few years of like when they they dropped the single "Chicken Playback" and it was huge. Like you could not move for that that track. It was it was everywhere. The clubs were playing it. The radio were all over it, and uh, and it just had such a retro sound and it, and it sort of felt like this band was getting all this attention that sounded like they were just from you know 30 years previous and and it's such a lovely sound and and then yeah they, i don't know they just seem to sort of just just sort of disappear from from uh from the radio um 
I think there were maybe two albums in, and, and it just seemed to sort of just get a little bit quiet. And it was such a shame because they were really unique at what they were doing, and it was it was such a beautiful sound. And uh, and so it's great. I did not know that um, that that he was producing now and and, and producing yourselves and um and Michael's music. I mean. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's mad. I love stuff like that. It's one of the, my sort of favourite things about doing this podcast. He's kind of joining up the dots and going, "All oh, right, so he now does that with them and that." And I love that. I love kind of seeing where people's careers go. It's beautiful. Um, but well, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's actually really lovely to hear someone who was sort of around here, you know, in the UK during that era um, with that band sort of doing its thing. And what I love about this as well is maybe maybe they're almost just like ahead of their time in some ways because it's kind of like it's well people often reference in you know in the last sort of five ten years that there's been this kind of resurgence of rhythm and blues and soul music and and um but i prefer to think you know when we look at people like jamie liddell we look at people like the bees and there's nothing new about this and i think it's just there's a quote from um from otis redding that i you know that i would love to mention um because they were talking about their stuff being old school back then you know yeah. what i mean and they're, they're talking about rhythm and blues and you know that was something they you know and it was like and and if i can reference anyone to ever listen to something it would be the intro to soul groove 66 from pbs radio in melbourne and pierre baroni the dj on that record always played a quote at the beginning of his rhythm and blues radio show that he played and it was and it was otis redding being interviewed talking about he goes rhythm and blues has been here for a hundred years you know it's like you guys way back with that old guy singing in the you know in the barn saying here comes my baby you know that old blues song blues has been here you know and he said way back then in the 60s and it's going to stay here too yeah. you know it's it's sort of it's 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 not going anywhere it's something that people love and it's just been on the background in the music um in people's ears in the music it never you know never it was the the top of the charts the the one that was the kind of the the the, the big hits but it's there and people are loving it and it's not going anywhere and it never has gone anywhere you know so i think it's um and uh, so that that is a so these these bands are examples of 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 how much it's there in the scene and it's always been it's always been there wonderful well as much as we've been <clears throat> having a lovely time looking back i want to look forwards and i want you to tell me what's going to be happening what's 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 happening in the world of Teskey brothers absolutely so we're um we're just getting close to releasing our new record the winding way um We've uh, we've put out three singles so far. Well, kind of four, uh, if you include the um, the cover that we did by the Zombies at the very beginning. So, um, and we've got our last single coming um, just in a few weeks um, of this record. So we've kind of done five singles kind of before we we're going to drop this record in um, on the sixteenth of June. You know, this this new record that we're really excited about and. The reason being we're waiting on vinyl, you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if anyone wants to know why there's so many singles, it's because the album is finished, but we're waiting on that, on that wax, you know? So, so we're just, we're putting it through like that. And then we're going to have that record in June. We are currently on tour in um, the UK and Europe. So we're right smack bang in the middle of that one. Um, we've been on the road for two months. Um, we've got another four months here in Europe. Uh, and and then we're going over to America for three months, you know, and we've got yeah. the most beautiful touring party, the most amazing band we're working with on this one, and um, uh, and I'll also mention that we're here, like, you know, we're living here, you know, we're over here, so we're only this is a slow paced tour, so we're playing two to three shows a week, mainly mostly over the weekends. Um, I'm here with my my partner and my two kids, and we we're we're sort of at the moment based in Bristol. Uh, and I shoot off on the weekends and I play a show and then I come back and I hang with the, uh, with the family and, and my brother Sam's doing the same and, and the entire touring party are doing the same. So, um, I was just... so it's kind of this, <clears throat> yeah, this is the lifestyle sort of tour. It suits you because I was thinking two months into a tour, you're up at 9am having this chat with me and you're looking very healthy. So, uh, I can see why now you've just, uh, you're picking your shows at the weekend and just doing a nice normal life, uh, for the rest of the week. That's a good way to approach touring, I think. It's a great way, yeah. We're trying to sort of, we're trying to, you know, rewrite things and do it in this way, and it's been, it's been really beautiful. And it also means that every weekend, anyone who's coming down to the shows, we get, we turn up on a Friday, 
uh, to play the show, the first show for the week, and everyone is full of energy. We're great to go, and and and, and musically, I mean, obviously, a big part of this decision was to um um uh you know to, to be able to for the whole all the band to be able to bring their families make it a lifestyle thing so we can really um uh, believe that you know touring musicians can can have kids and can yeah. sort of work with and work with the families That's and great. you know so we're trying to we're trying to do that but as far as music goes it's like i mean i've seen so many bands at the end of their three-week run that are they look tired and they're looking yeah. like they're struggling to kind of put that performance to put that excitement back into the performance um yeah. so we feel that every weekend we come and we turn up and we give everything i'm just going to give all the love all the all the energy i can to these um to these audiences and feel so so grateful for them um for these people to be coming down and seeing us um so i want to i want to give them everything i can and um so it's and and the entire band are doing that. So it's um it's been a beautiful way musically for us to be able to kind of um you know work in this way too. Oh, that's great, Josh. We put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast um, that feature all of your song picks today, and obviously we put your music on there as well. Um, if people want to keep up to speed with you and find out where these shows are, where they can see you, where's the best place to keep up with all things Teskey Brothers? Yeah, absolutely. It's a um. Really easy one to remember. It is the teskybrothers.com. You know, so that is our that is our website. There's um there's tickets up there, there's our records up there. Um yeah, check it out. We'd love to see you down at some of these shows. Wonderful. Josh, thank you so much for your time today, mate. It's been delightful chatting records with you, mate. Back at you, my friend. Back at you. Thank you so much um for having me. And uh, so good for so good to have a chat with you. Absolute pleasure. I'm gonna press stop. Oh man, what an absolute dude! We we stuck about afterwards. He um he recommended so many great soul records. I was like, you need to check out this band from around my way called The Milk, and uh, and I always try and champion The Milk because um, they're local lads, and and I think they're one of the greatest soul bands the UK's ever produced. And uh, so he uh, he made a little note and was going to go and listen to it now. Um, I love the way that he's approached touring. What a lovely way to be able to do it. Um. Oh, just 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 a nice guy, man. And it, you know, if for, for some reason you've never had the Teskey Brothers, ah, oh, you're gonna have a great day today. Just just go and press play and listen because it is beautiful music. And uh, and yeah, and if you get a chance to catch them on that European tour, go do so. Um, just huge thanks um, to, uh, to to Josh for giving up his time this morning. Um, huge love to you lot for listening and supporting this podcast. As mentioned at the beginning, go check out the archives if uh, if you're new to this podcast. Hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Go go get stuck in, and I'd love it if you could support the podcast. It's uh, it's seventy pence a month, and uh, even if you just subscribe for a month and then unsubscribe, just jump in for a month, rinse the back catalogue, and then jump back out. But I reckon you'll stick about because you get loads of good stuff, and you're going to love the live show. Um, right, I think I'm done. I'll uh, I'll leave you to your day. Thanks ever so much again for listening. Love you lots. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.